Hey, welcome to episode 98 of Shunya One. We are counting it down once again, and of course, just one more episode to go. Before that, we are bringing you another super recording today uh, with another very cool Bombay founder who has been at it for quite a while. We are going to be talking to Bridgeraj Vagani today, who has been the founder of. Uh, Traffline rebranded to Riddler and then acquired, uh, exited his company when it was acquired by Ola, nonetheless. And we're going to hear about that story and a few things about the tech that he's built. Uh, think Amit's not here today, actually. Amit's uh, not going to be joining me in the studio for, I think, this and episode 99. So he's going to be missing for that. Uh, I guess I have to cap out all the last. Uh, season one episodes myself but it's gonna be fun uh, I'm gonna jump into the episode we did with uh, Bridgeraj right here all right I'm here with Bridgeraj Vagani the founder of Riddler Traffline and of course now part of the Ola group as well uh, Bridgeraj welcome to the show um, Thanks for beating the traffic of Mumbai <laughs> to make it here. Thanks, thanks for having me here. And I think, I think it's 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 a part of your life. I think for a long time. Yeah, uh, it's been a part of my life. And today, it's it's uh, it's actually a coincidence that today is the first day of monsoon, and yeah. today is when we would see peak traffic on Traffline and Riddler. Right? Today is when we see peak exactly. activity on Traffline and Riddler. So it's a good coincidence that we have that today. Awesome. A lot of my friends have been here, so it's a privilege for me to be here as well, right? And I've heard them here as well. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, uh, if you've heard the show, then you know, uh, I would love to, you know, give our listeners a little background about you and your story, uh, you know, to set the context of what you've been doing, what what you built over the years. Uh, I can jump in with the fact that I, I think, first interacted with you Way back sometime on Twitter, of course, yeah. uh, I used to follow all the updates from Traffline. Yes. Uh, I think everyone in Mumbai, uh, Mumbai became time. very vocal about, you know, uh, where's, where traffic is and what's happening in the city, especially around monsoons, I think. Yep. Uh, and your platform, of course, was one of the, you know, the key sources of information to spread that around. Yes. Uh, how has that journey been? And could you tell, like, give us a little background on how that came to be? Yeah, it's been a great journey, right? And it's evolving with every passing day. Uh, I, like many entrepreneurs that I know of, start with a particular vision and, okay, this is what they want to do. For me, it was uh, a step-by-step process. I was I had just come back from the US and traveling in Bombay was painful, right? I was I don't like being late. Ironic because today I was a little late. But yeah, I don't like being late to meetings and I don't appreciate when people are. Uh, and I used, and I came back to India, I saw that people would use traffic in excuse. First half is second half. First half is a big four hours, second half is like four hours. I have seen my family members like blatantly lying on the phone, right? There's no traffic on the road. I'm late because it's traffic, right? And then how do you get there? So and when I was in the US, obviously I used systems which would give me information. I used to travel a lot. I used to play cricket on weekends. So I used to use the information and actually make it on time. So I thought, why don't there be a system in India? which could at least give me information about which road I take, when I take. If you remember as a kid, you would have had these incidents, right? You were driving, your mom, your parents would be behind. You would take one road, automatically mom would say, okay, take the other road. Yeah. They would not know. They would just guess that the other road is fine, right? So then there should be a solution to this problem. And I thought that being an engineer, I thought this is a cool talk problem to solve. I said in one place in Mumbai and I can know what is happening in every part of Bombay. That would be pretty cool to have. And that's how I started it. Didn't think what the business model would be. 
then think how to go about monetizing it but that's how i started and it's obviously grown a lot from there and today we are at a stage where we are going to be redefining mobility for a billion people right in the world so it's been a great journey i'd not do anything else rather do anything else right wow uh, tell us about the early days of the product i mean uh, you're talking about which year so i started this in so i came back from the us in 2009 and i was dabbling with a lot of ideas beat healthcare beat services beat one of it was traffic and trafline was what i narrowed down in 2012 so 2012 was when i quit my job and i started trafline full time right and uh, i had some early success uh, where i started interacting with cab so my trish with cab companies also started back then mm-hmm. so it's a classic indian problem right? you want to give information but there's no infrastructure to collect the information so how do you give information about traffic google maps didn't have traffic information at that time so what i did was that went and approached a lot of cab companies radio taxi was just starting around that time so yeah. we had meru's and easy's remember those guys yeah meru cabs easy cabs mega cabs all those yeah. guys and they were radio taxis which had gps fitted in them and uh, i went to them and said that why don't you share your gps data with me i'll give you something in return i didn't have money i can either build a mobile app for you i can give you data back process data back which you can use for your dispatch and your optimizations etc mm-hmm. uh that clicked right couple of cab companies started working with me and there was sort of a network effect which kicked in so i took data from one processed it gave it to the other one second one third one right and nice. uh, within a year and a half we got to a point where we were processing around 10 million data points in bombay right in india and that was phenomenal so we could give traffic information in 20 cities and then the social piece of it which you refer to that the twitter rank twitter handle that was also not planned it was a coincidence so on the day when uh, shri balasaheb thakre passed away there was a lot of panic around the city that there'll be riots there'll be peep shops will be shut down and people were trying to rush home right and i had nothing to do right uh, all businesses are closed so i was just trying to give information to people that don't panic and i was trying to take information from one person retweeting it and giving it to the other person taking it from the third person giving it to the first two people I was just trying to be a mediator for information and giving teorian and all of verify real within half an hour we had find it followers nice and then few days after that it was the first day of monsoons so then that kept on going and before we knew we reached million followers right so we knew that crowdsourcing traffic so i had this theory before that indians were not big contributors to open source or be or not content generators we are content consumers yeah but that thing i was proven wrong on that day and i continue to be proven wrong and that was something so we got all this data from cab companies logistics companies we got this data from users we meshed that together and that's how trafline was born right and trafline was a really great product it did really well in right. the first few days right yeah yeah in fact it scaled on the back of all of this data but it became a voice for uh you know of course like people also started sharing uh two traffic lines so that it got echo, amplified yeah. so, right how did again that product uh go to what maybe we saw over the years become what redder was like when did you actually think of monetization as as this was growing so traffic line was one of the first few products which got to a lakh daily active users in india right it was one of the early products in india the problem we had or the limitation we had is obviously it was a small market if you remember so this caters to car owners in urban cities right that's yeah. a 8 yeah. 10 million market right it's not bigger than that and the other is how do you monetize that one of the big bets i was taking on monetization is that connected cars would eventually come but i'm glad i didn't wait for that because even today we don't have them yeah. right we have cars based on 4g and 3g but they're not as reliable right so if you look at how they do it in the west or in singapore they rely on the fm frequency band to that but we don't have that band okay. available for sending runs information to the cars so okay. connected cars never pick it up so you cannot figure out a way to monetize with google coming in information was available for free we had a premium app so we had to downscale it and make it a free app so we could not figure out a big way of monetizing it right and also my perspective change when we were giving information so one of the things that i would do um when trafline started would look at all these messages would come up as you said people would tag this at the trade trafline handle yeah. and 
the evolution of it took it to a place where it was not only confined to traffic right people were asking about trains on the days yeah. when trains were late people were asking what is happening at Dombivli station yeah. are trains on time which bus should I take right and then when you look at simple maths right India is a mass transit market right you come from the US so you have a view of okay you do everything for cars and automobiles but if you look at the market which is a big one then you have to go off to mass transit if you and if you want to really solve mobility in India it has to it has to work with mass transit right so that's when it made the transition from Trafline to Riddler where traffic we are not just confined confined to giving traffic information but all mobility information right mm-hmm. so we then started working with the railways the buses the metros of the world giving information from people so you know how many agencies are there in Mumbai so if you want to go from here to maybe Panvel which is not a very unusual route you will be touching six or seven different agencies right you will do a BST you will do a Western Railway you will do a Central Railway you do two different agencies mm-hmm. by the way mm-hmm. you might do a Metro then there's a Navi Mumbai bus yeah NMMT, right? yeah. and then you go beyond there is Mira Bhayandar there is Vase Virar yeah. lots of them right so how do people how do you aggregate all this information and give it to users in one unified form? For a, for a user, I just care about Merko A to B. Huh, a yeah. to B, right. Yeah. So we started off with that and that's how the journey to Riddler. Um, and uh, so that's what we, that app saw a lot of users as well. Mm-hmm. And now the next question is how do you monetize? So monetization was always important or back of my mind because information is not easy to monetize in India. We saw the initial success Paytm and Uber were having or Ola was having with Ola money. Then if if tra- cabs can be booked online, long distance buses can be booked on Red Bus, flights can be booked. So every five years, new inventory is coming online. So it was time for us to bring the mass transit, which was the last frontier or the last mile right. online, right? So that's what we started doing. Um, uh, the difference between what they were doing and what we were doing, we were always playing with unreserved inventory, right? I If I show a ticket to you, that right. has no meaning because right. there could be 10 versions of that ticket, right? So right. we had to do a lot of things differently from what was done in the past. But essentially, the idea was to bring that inventory online and we've been successfully doing that now in India. So tell us, I mean, for folks who don't know, how does the app work for, like, let's say, in the Mumbai city, I know because you were here, I think uh, you have almost every uh, mass transit option yep. uh, available. Yeah. Uh, like, give us an example of how, what was the struggle for integration with systems like this? Because another point, again, personal to me, I remember at one point you were also doing, trying to do parking spaces. Yeah. Uh, and we had a discussion around RFID and a whole bunch of other things of trying to integrate stuff. And given that there are so many agencies, uh, pulling data from all of them in a you know easy manner, it's it's not it's not a simple task. Yeah. So how did you overcome all of those various systems talking to each other, especially if many of them didn't have any system, maybe? All right. So I'll I'll just start off with an example, right? So what is different about what we do? What is different about digitizing? Why didn't it happen before 2016, before Riddler started? So, if you book a airline ticket, right? You have a you take a printout, and the printout has a seat number and a flight number. Right. So you have a unique identifier for you, right? You go and sit at that seat. If someone is forging a ticket or making a fake ticket, there'll be obviously a clash, and you'll figure out what the problem is. Similarly, if you have a cab, right? You have a cab has a number and a OTP assigned to it, or you know the unique identification of it. You take a metro or a bus. There is no uniqueness, right? I take a bus number. I take I take a bus number uh, ticket for bus number sixty six from A to B. Now there at any point of time there are five bus number sixty six flying on A to B. Mm. I could have ten versions of their printout. Now how do you expect the conductor to verify which one of it is real or which one of it is not real? Similarly in the metro, right? I could get in a metro. I could go from Warsaw to Gatwe. Today you have those automatic fare collection gates. But if you had to show it to a human being, how would he know that this is being used, not used? This is Photoshop, not Photoshop, right? right? So. And the life cycle of a ticket is the life cycle of a journey. So at the end of the ticket, at the end of a journey, a ticket should be destroyed is fundamentally how it works, right? So that's where the hardware integration that we do makes sense. So what, what happens is you open your app, you say I want to buy a ticket, 
at that time it's not really a call to a server or online call or whatever it is we do a local call with the handheld device that the conductor has and the conductor handheld device gets that information so the beauty of that is that only if the conductor is close to you mm-hmm. will you get that will you get that uh, communication that, okay i want to buy a ticket when the conductor comes to you he checks on his device whether did you get a communication or not mm-hmm. if you did not get the communication even if the photoshop if there is a photoshop ticket on you it will not be there. the source of truth is the conductor device which is the hardware right and no one can fudge with that yeah. and no one can cheat with that right so that becomes so so there is a lot of hardware integration involved right. in doing that and the way we made it scalable across agencies is made sure that the workflow of the conductor does not change so we made our designed our product in such a way that what he was so today typically a conductor would come collect his device punch in his credentials and go on the field and start issuing tickets he was doing exactly the same thing with our system when he was doing that automatically our system was getting configured as well right nice. so he didn't have to do anything different on it from the user point of view user would go sit in the bus remove cash from his pocket he would not do that now we take a mobile which he typically does for whatsapp and i now press a button and so we made it seamless more from the conductor and for the user as well that is how we ensured the scale right similarly in the metro when we said we want to enable mobile ticketing we didn't go and overhaul existing infrastructure like how you see what is happening around tfl or what is happening in sydney and i think that's the advantage of being indian right you don't have money so you optimize yeah. or you innovate you with limited limited yeah. mean so without changing the turnstiles without overhauling the infrastructure we put a small circuit inside which ensured that the qr duplicate qr codes were not used people were not cheating you won't imagine the type of fraud that we get in india right so you go from varsova to ghatkopar mm-hmm. that's 40 bucks yeah so what people would sometimes do they would take a ticket from varsova to dn nagar for 10 bucks Yeah. And then from Jagruti Nagar to Ghatkopar for ten bucks, so twenty rupees. Enter with the first ticket, exit with the second ticket. Oh man! So I had twenty tickets. They do that in Kochi. They do that. So you have to. Yes, the circuit would ensure that these type of frauds are not available. That's a lot. So this is what you have to account for. And when you start doing this, because you are, you are in the business of managing revenue, and you build a system robust enough to not cause leakage of revenue, then the scale automatically comes right. But initially, there's a lot of hard work. Initially, there's a lot of Uh, thought process and how do we go about it? Understanding how they currently operate, and then basically build a solution where it keeps it seamless for everyone, and the disruption is minimal, right? So that's how we get scale, right? And, oh. and yeah, that's how we did it. Awesome. On that note, I think we're gonna take a quick. All right, welcome back. So you're tackling not just a mobile product. Uh, which is consumer facing you're also building the b2b side of the mobile product yeah, you're yeah. also building hardware uh it's it's yeah, we, quite a big we are the plumbers right so we're plumbing yeah. we're plumbing so that a lot of things these you can build a lot of things on top of it right. which is what we'll end up doing now but essentially the plumbing is where the difficult part is you know the plumbing is reliable once the plumbing is reliable you can build a lot of things on top of it right that's how we look at it that's awesome and again all of this when you were building this digitization infrastructure yeah. uh through various bits and pieces uh where did you see the story fitting for what you're uh, what ola obviously is trying to do right again uh the, it's a different kind of product different kind of scale uh, where does where did the journeys actually come in and overlap so it was not uh, an impulsive or deal specific decision as you as i was telling you my trust with cab companies have started ever since i started traveling right, right. Uh, ola was one of the companies i was working with i knew the management team specifically bhavish for a while where obviously i was also partnering with them there why don't you take ets from me data from me i would getting data from them so there was a lot of touch points before that as well right as we evolved in our journey we realized that we are doing this plumbing work which obviously has a longer gestation time which they And also, if I look at mobility as it's evolving, it's not just cars, buses, and metros anymore. It's micro mobility, it's bikes, it's shares, etc. There's a lot more, right? And I don't think mobility of 
any any city can tell me this is the mobility option I'm going after and this is the solution for my city. It's not. It's going to be multi-modal, mixed model, depending on your capacity, depending on the type of the city you want. For example, if you want a walking city, then you'll block the usage of cars. You want a city which has a lot of shared vehicles, then you'll put a lot more shared vehicles. So you want pollution-less city, then you'll put a lot more buses, right? So the future of every city is going to be multi-modal. So we as we Riddler standalone could not solve the mobility problem by itself, right? As you said, my journey has evolved from just giving information to now improving mass transit. And now I think the future is to improve mobility as a whole. And I think no better partner for me than Ola to actually do that, right? They've done tremendous work in uh, scaling to so many cities in the country, uh, offering so many categories, be it cabs, bikes, outstation rentals and all that, right? We bring the mass transit angle into play and together we can actually solve the mobility problems of the world. That was at, at some point it just seemed obvious for me to actually start working with them. Awesome. And what's been the, I mean, it's been some time since uh, this has uh, formulated. So can you share a bit about... Yeah, it's been close to a year. I think we finished one year in June 18, I think. But yeah, it's been great actually, right? Uh, I think the biggest insight for me is, uh, or the biggest learning for me, what it takes to build a big company. So they were not much older than us in terms of when they started. They started, I think, a year before us. And I think they've traveled a lot more, a lot lot beyond us. So how do they think? How do they go about the the daily processes? Uh, How do they think about opportunities? What to what to keep doing, also importantly, what to not do, how to rationalize, how to deep dive, and going deep in data, understanding the value chain, understanding, right? So, and what it takes to actually build a big company is what I'm learning from them firsthand, right? So you can hear about it, you can talk, hear about it on, you can read about it in books, articles, etc. But seeing it firsthand on a week-on-week basis, on a day-on-day basis actually inspires you and also teaches you a lot more, right? So I, I didn't come from, I've never had an experience of taking a company from ground to zero. Right. right, I've done a startup. I was a part of a startup. It bombed. Right, when I was in the US, and before that, I was in Qualcomm, which was a big and established company. So this is I'm getting to see first and what it takes, the amount of discipline, rigor that you have to put to actually build a big company, and that's actually helping me in a business a big way. And then the ecosystem which Ola provided, the financial services, in the sense that the finance team, the legal team, etc., those all come in handy. A lot of people now want to partner with us because we have a strong backing. Backing, yeah. right? So right. we you'll hear a lot about a lot. A lot of things we're doing with a lot of bigger players in the country and in the world rather. But that is because we have the backing. So those are the two things which have helped me, right, personally. Right. Where, where is the journey for you going from here? I mean, what kind of products are you all building? If Can you shed light on some uh, new developments uh, or which are maybe just out already or uh, or where you're mentioning that you're going global? Ola is, of course, already so, global. So. so we started off with uh, mobile ticketing. And if you see the work we're doing is we're going deeper. So we're reverse integrating, right? We're actually not only confining ourselves to mobile now, we're going deeper and providing a lot more services below that. So we started in BST today, which was our first, one of our first partners and even NMMT. We are not only providing mobile ticket, but we also power the system to do cash ticketing as well as closed loop card ticketing, oh. right? In Navi Mumbai, what we're doing is... Uh, You've heard, you must have heard about the One Nation, One Card, common one National Common Mobility Card. We've enabled the system to actually start. So you can now pay via debit card on the conductor machine, right? So we're going deeper on the stack uh, and building a lot of things. On, as you say, if you're plumbing, then plumbing it all together. Right? You know, in Mumbai Metro, it was recently announced in their annual day that they will be replacing plastic. So if you want to buy a single journey token or an individual ticket, they have that plastic coin. They're being replaced by paper QR tokens, paper QR. Oh. So basically, it's going to be 100% plastic free. Okay. Paper is reusable, etc. So it's environmental friendly. It's also cost effective. So that system is again part. So we are going much deeper in the stack. Right. And uh, as I said, going sooner, it's moving more towards a multimodal experience. Right. Where from A to B, your payment, your Trans, uh, your payment, your information, all will be on one app, which will either be, which will most likely be the Ola app, right? And everything is handled. So, you are bringing the Ola experience to mass transit. So, what is the problem with mass transit today? Uh, you take a bus, yeah. you have to go open a different app, wait for it, 
then you have to go to the metro station those time tables are not synchronized then you take the metro ticket or whatever it is you pay for that separately you have a different pass for that then you again get off at a last mile which is either an auto or something like that so that's why people desert mike what compared that ola ola sorry you you book an app once and, and then you're done right yeah. real your destination we want to bring that kind of experience to mass transit and that's what the integration is start happening for us as well yeah since you mentioned auto i have a question are you able to ever solve the problem of autos denying rides <laughs> because i think that's a bigger problem to solve in in mumbai especially or any city in india have you ever thought of that has anyone ever approached you it's a joke but you can ask so we so it's interesting so in fact some of the campaigns that we've done on twitter and which were very popular is um so complain about an auto driver when he refuses the ride that was a very viral campaign oh i'm sure the number of people and even celebrities have tweeted i think when did these celebrities starting auto but i think they were associated with the problem quite a lot as well yeah. and that we and we reported some auto drivers to the police traffic because we used to work very closely with traffic police and there was some action taken on them i think as i said right uh, the problem today is there's no equity right uh, how many buses do you need how many autos do you need there are 2 lakh autos in bombay why are they still refusing rides right yeah. so there is no mathematical way or no scientific way of saying that this is the population this is the demand and this is what the this is what the supply should be transport is fundamentally a supply shaping and a demand problem this is the demand this is what your supply if so many people want to pay so much price then so many buses should be there is no mathematical way of, so you will always have discrepancy mm-hmm. and that's what a system like us should in the future solve for right so you and you can't blame the auto guy because he has to earn that fix no one doesn't want to do business but he has that fix hourly rate earnings that he has because he has to give his cab back auto driver so if the and today everything is based on manual discretion there's no system to it but if you set up a system and say that this is how it should be now a lot of these problems will automatically be solved and you have to do this across modes rather than confining to one mode or the second mode right so, so i think this will be the long term solution there's no quick fix for this yeah. but i think we'll solve this in the long way by putting a system in place for that Awesome, awesome. That's good to hear. Well, I mean, I have uh, a bunch of questions around. Of course, uh, again, what uh, there's so much to do, right? You just mentioned there's so yeah. many layers to uh, actually deep down and solve. Yeah. Uh, what are uh, do you want to do a shout out like to folks who are uh, similar to you in this industry uh, or new startups entrepreneurs who are thinking of similar problems uh, in this space? I mean, it's one of the biggest. problems especially again urban folks we face it again as india grows uh, more gets more mobile uh, even tier 2 3 cities are facing this right so do you want to do a shout out to like uh, folks in this space or also to uh, folks you are looking for on your team yeah so we are growing and we are always looking to hire right there is a special need for people with good machine learning and vision experience now i'll tell you what my view for vision is right uh, computer vision has evolved a lot and what we call in office today software 2 right the software 2 is what you're using and my view is that anything any pro- i was talking a lot about hardware in my previous part of the, in my earlier part of the podcast hardware comes with its own problems of maintenance amcs etc etc right what vision does for you is with commodity hardware and good vision software you can replace all the sensors in the world right for example if there's a sensor in the bus which is for wifi communication or bluetooth communication replace that with a facial recognition camera and it can detect ticket for you similarly at the metro you have sensors infrared which detect a passenger is passed or not passed you can replace that with a camera and reduce the cost of the transfer so we're investing heavily on vision technologies but we're very new to it so anyone on listening to me wants to work with me wants to help me out on whatever we are building on the vision technology we are more than happy to hear that besides that we are hiring a lot of people on embedded systems that's something we do a lot a lot of quality people because as you know we play with people's money and we have to be very sure on what we deliver we can deliver anything wrong 
and a bunch of other positions, right? So feel free to reach out to me. I'm available at Brijaj V on Twitter or Riddler Mumbai on Twitter as well. Awesome. Is the Riddler handle still doing is, what it used to do? It, it does, and you will see a lot of activity from it. Yeah. It's not as uh, verbose as what it used to be. So we've been also particular, and a lot of it is now automated, right? So we don't have to go out and seek information. The information comes to us, and we just disseminate yeah. the him. So the uh, the philosophy is not gone. Uh, but the, yeah. And and you will see a lot more activity in the next few days with the rains around. <laughs> of course, of course. I think uh, how big is the team today? And uh, I think you uh, are now uh, split between Bombay and Bangalore. Is it? I spend a few days a month in Bangalore, but for the most time we are operation. We are still operating as the same company. So part of the thing I discussed, Ola has given us the independence to operate in the way we used to, right? So we are still this very much the same team. We have the same office. We still have the same. Uh, Resources that we were working with earlier. I spent some time in Bangalore because, yeah, obviously for me to learn from there and obviously to update them on what we are doing. Right. Uh, but that's few days a month. That's not much. And uh, yeah, and for the most part, we are operating as we used to operate with a lot more intel. We are a lot more smarter, a lot more intelligent than what we used to be earlier. Awesome. And uh, you, just to wrap it up, I mean, wh- where does the what what learnings do you feel as a company which is in this market, right? India as a market, a new mobility market. Do you see yourselves giving th- things to the rest of the world as well? I mean, we yeah, definitely, right? Yeah. So I have. Um, I think people ask me. I think uh, the last hundred years uh, belong to people who could build roads, right? So we were a world which was uh, there was a lot of capacity available, right? There was you had to build capacity. You had to build capacity. So p- people who were the con- countries or nations who were rich on resources were able to capitalize on that. I think we are running short of resources. Everyone knows that, right? There are yeah. lots of problems happening. And I think the next 100 years will belong to people who know how to make the best of resources and who better than Indians to do that. We are already seeing that in transport. When our solutions are much better, far more effective, much more cheaper than what even global peers do, right? So I think the next 100 years will belong to people to who use resources the best. So we have this lane. Right, we have a high road. We have a SC road. We have a linking road. You have to fit a million people on that road. Yeah. And I think India will do that. And once India does that, the rest of the world will also follow that, right? Because I think resources are going to be they're not going to grow from here at the same pace as what we've seen hundred. So I think there's definitely a lot of room for Indians to actually do that. And you will hear a lot about Sola has already been doing that a lot. And you will also hear a lot of Riddler doing that in the future as well. Awesome, Thank you so much. This was insightful and exciting to hear. Thank you. All the Thanks same. for having me. And it was great having you. We heard your Twitter handle already. So for everyone else, uh, you we also have a Slack channel. So uh, if you join or if anyone wants to join, you can go to the website ibmpodcast.com slash one and request to join the Slack channel. And we'll send you an invite. And of course, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please go give us a rating. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever they are, ratings uh, help. And let us know. Talk to us and let us know or tweet to us or to Rafline uh, or to Bridgeraj and let us know how you thought about this episode thank you so much thank you thank you guys thank you